It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.08 on a Saturday morning, 66 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you care to do in the garden. If you need somebody's advice on how to do it, how to get around it, how to do it the shortest, quickest way, or the most tedious way in the world, I can give you advice on that process. 404-872-0750. 404-872-0750. And a reminder, on my website, if you've been to WalterReeves.com in the last oh, couple of weeks, I guess now, I have an article about our garden trip. We're going to Italy next spring, next April and May. I'm taking a group of probably 28, maybe 30, if we can fit them in, 30 gardeners to Italy. You're welcome to join. We will be in a big tour bus together. We will go through the Amalfi Coast to see the huge groves of oranges and grapefruit and uh, wine grapes and tomatoes and all sorts of things. They grow on that shin bone, I guess you'd call it, of Italy. Start in Rome, of course, see the Colosseum, see all the sites of Rome, and head down the coast and go there, go to Palermo, go to Pompeii, go to Sicily. Sicily is just fabulous. I never realized how beautiful a place could be till I went to Sicily. Saw the Roman ruins, the Greek ruins there, some just great places to see. A combination of gardening, history, and culture, I guess is what we'll call this trip. It's in April of next year, going to Rome, going to Palermo, going to Pompeii, going to Sicily, going to all those orange groves that have such great food. They have um, classes, cooking classes you can take as we uh, spend the afternoon. It is just a bunch of fun, and I'd love to have you with us. There's a group of about 20, I think, going now, so we're already halfway full. But if you'd like to join us, make your decision soon. And go to my website, WalterReeves.com, and just click on that first page. It says details about the trip to Italy in 2018. I hope you will come with us. It's 10 minutes past the hour, 710, and Cecil in, Sw- in Sonoy, Georgia, joins us. Hey, Cecil, good morning. Hey, Walter, how's it going? It's going good, Cecil. How can I help? Uh, listen, I planned uh, some um, acorns to come from, uh, you know, great-grandparents' old home place. And yeah. I was wondering, they're growing fine right now. But do I need to fertilize them before I transplant them, or uh, what? What I need to do? Before are they I to... are they in a pot, or how are they growing? No, they are in the ground. And how tall? Old... How big? How how large? They're are they? about four inches, about four or six inches tall right now. Okay, they will use a little bit of fertilizer, but we won't put it down now. The time okay. I think that they're for young things like this is little oak trees is they can use some slow, real light applications of fertilizer in the spring. Just when the leaves, little buds pop open and the leaves open up, that's when that oak tree is going to say, whoa, it would be nice to have something to eat right now and grow a little bit faster for Cecil. So uh, will, next yeah. spring, don't use 10-10-10 or some crazy fertilizer that will go in and might be a little bit too hot for it, but use something real slow. Use a composted cow manure, composted chicken manure, um, just regular compost from a compost pile would be fine. And scratch it into the soil a little bit with a rake and put it around, water it in, pack it in, and that should feed them just fine. Okay, I sure do. And listen, when, when the hot, when the uh, hot tall should I get before I transplant them? Four inches tall now. I don't think I would have much problem with transplanting them now. 
if you feel like it, because they're, the leaves are probably on and about to fall off or have already maybe fallen off. The biggest thing to, to worry with is you don't want rabbits chewing on them during the wintertime. So each one that you transplant now, I would put a little cage over the top. Keep squirrels and the rabbits from gnawing on it, a little cage of chicken oh, wire or yeah, something okay. like that. But right, well, they, I'll you, do it, Walter. You can do it. All right. Makes the noise a better place. Okay. Appreciate it. Here. Thank, thank you, Cecil. See you soon. Okay. okay bye. We got Jakey, excuse me, Jackie in Atlanta. Jackie joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jackie. Good morning. Hi, Walter. Thanks for taking my call. How can um, I help? I'm hoping you can help me. I've got a beautiful Zeon Zoysia lawn, uh-huh. and I've got some Bermuda grass coming up in it in big patches. Yeah. Uh, and it's really easy to see it in the morning when the dew is on the grass. Sure uh, is. And I'm trying to figure out how to get rid of that, that Bermuda so that my Zoysia can thrive. Can you, uh, do you have any suggestions? My t- my friend Tim Tim Boyer from um, he used to work for Superside, which is a big zoysia growing company. Yeah. And I saw him for lunch now it's a month and a half ago, I guess. And I said, Tim, I've had people constantly calling me that have beautiful zenith zoysias, zeon zoysias, just zoysias that they are real proud of. They get Bermuda in them. What do we do? And he said, there's two probably ways that he would recommend. One is mowing a little bit higher. Zoysia can handle the mowing height a little bit higher than Bermuda can, and Zoysia will shade the Bermuda out. That's not going to be 100% control, but it'll give you 40% maybe. That's one sort of cultural thing you can do. Number two, don't fertilize real heavily because Bermuda, the more you fertilize, the more it'll take. The more the Bermuda will grow and take more fertilizer and it'll take it away from the zoysia, basically. Uh-huh. And zoysia can, can get along without a lot of fertilizer. And Tim, for me, he said his own recommendation was using the slow-release milorganite fertilizer that you get from the hardware stores and big box stores and milorganite. He says twice a year on his zoysia makes the prettiest zoysia he's ever had. He mows it about an inch and a half, two inches. It doesn't have any Bermuda grass in it, I guess, but yeah. uh, he says that's the things that he does to keep his zoysia looking pretty. Okay, great. And no chemicals that will kill that will kill Bermuda? Uh, nothing that will take it out of zoysia easily. I know a lot of people who just sort of give up the gun, give up the ghost in the first place, and they will spray Roundup on the Bermuda patch and then size zoysia in place of the dead Bermuda. But it's not time to do that now anyway. You won't do that until okay. May of next year. Okay then. Well, we'll give that a give that a try with the milorganite yeah. and uh, um, you know, mowing, mowing a little bit, bit higher. higher. Yeah. So, yes, sir. Well, thank you so much for taking my call. Oh, it's great talking to you, Jackie. Thanks for calling. Fourteen, fourteen. Excuse me. Fourteen minutes past the hour. Susie in Fayetteville, Georgia, my hometown, joins us. Hey, Susie. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm quite well. How can I help, Susie? I have some lantana that's gone absolutely crazy yeah. where it is. Yeah. And it's actually blocking out my house and I want to move it away from the house and out into a bed where it can go crazy there and hopefully it will go crazy there um but I want to know is now a good time to transplant it and if I and what you know what tricks do I need to be paying attention to yeah is this a survives in the new spot is it a miss huff lantana do you know the variety it is is miss huff and that is the one that'll get crazy on you my mother down in South Fayette County has one next to the office door. She had a little private office on the side of the house. And she had one, I remember planting it 10 years ago, I guess it was 10, that we planted it right there. And, oh, Susie, it was so pretty. It was like 
12 inches high and 12 inches wide. We thought, oh, this will be just nice. He'll have flowers here and the butterflies will come. Mama will enjoy seeing those when she comes out of our office. Sure. Yeah. So now, <laughs> 10 years later, it is easily 6 feet tall, easily 15 feet wide, and you can't go in and out of that door for the life of you. You have to prune no, it back it every week. Walkway. Huh? Yeah. It covers my walkway in yeah, front sure. of my house. And it, this is the second year for this. I planted it two years ago, and it is easily six foot tall. It is a vigorous, vigorous plant. But given enough space to grow where you don't have to worry about the size, it does attract pollinators like crazy. The butterflies yeah. and bees and everything love that land town. I love it to death. Yes, and I love seeing them. So here, here's what I would do if it were me, but it may not be your cup of tea to do it this way. I would wait until the leaves have fallen off and then prune it back to some reasonable size. And you may decide I can prune it back to about a foot, foot and a half tall. Even though it's six feet tall now, you can do that. Prune it all the way down oh. to a foot and a half. And then go in there with a spading fork. And that it has extensive roots, as you will find out, Susie. They are really spread out. They're tough. They're hard to get out of the ground. But you just use your shovel and clippers and clip the roots as best you can and move the plant willy-nilly to the new place where it has some room. Okay, so you've got to really dig deep. Mm, deep and wide. It's more wide than it is deep, frankly, is what I've seen. It's just the roots just spread like a mat out from the center where it used to be the one plant. And it may have rooted down in a couple of places, so you may have three or four plants in there, all of which are you know, making the roots entangle up with each other. Okay. Okay. Um, I will tell you, I've taken that tour of Italy that you described. Oh, yeah. And it is fabulous. Yes, it is. I can't wait and for pizza. Pizza for one of those little wood-fired wood fired ovens right by the highway. You go and pull in, and they got pizza in front of your face in 10 minutes, and all of them a little crisp, crusty, just sort of smoky crust on them. Oh, I cannot yes. wait. I cannot wait. But the water is what is mesmerizing <laughs> to me. The water is pretty nice, too. Yeah. Well, have a great time, Tell and thank you for taking my call. Tell your friends, and if they want to come and be where you've been, Jack, I welcome them to be on the trip with me. All right, cool. All right. Thank you, Walter. Good luck with it. We'll see you soon, Jackie. It's 718. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. Till the morning comes. The morning is here, 725, and a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. The temperature today would be pretty much the same today and tomorrow. Low 80s both times, 81, 82, 83, somewhere in there. Overnight lows about the same as well. Mid to low 60s, 65, 66 degrees, 66 degrees right now at the studios of News Talk WSB. We've got a full weekend forecast coming up in about 10 minutes here at the studios, News Talk WSB. James is in McDonough, Georgia, and joins us. Hey, James, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Um, well, how can I help, James? Uh, I've got some Leland cypress trees I planted about uh, 2002 or something like that. All right. And uh, they've grown. Uh, they were only about four foot tall, and I had 20 of them yeah. uh, for a windbreaker on the side of the house. Well, they've gotten so they've gotten 35 to 40 foot tall, and they'd spread out. Yeah. And I used to be able to grow grass on the side of the house, and I can't do it now because they've completely blocked all the sun. Uh, and I want to start 
trimming them back, pruning them, so to speak. Yep. Uh, uh, I, you know, there's two to three foot, some places four foot of green, and then it starts turning brown as the branch gets yeah, near the of trunk. Course, of course. Uh, I want to start trimming them back. Do I stoop now and two foot at a time or something like that? Yeah, I guess. I mean, the the whole theory to remember about pruning Leland Cypress is that if you prune past the green and into the brown, and you know what I mean, but you just described it. The part is brown on the inside and part is green on the outside with the needles on it. But if you prune all the green off of a branch, it will not re-sprout. You will not get any more green from it. So if you leave six inches or so of pretty vigorous growth there on the branch when you finish your pruning that generally will continue to grow. You get a little bit of regrowth of that, and you've successfully made the leland a little bit narrower. But if you prune it into the brown part of the branch, then the whole side of the tree will just be brown. End of that, look ugly, ugly, ugly. So right. well, see what you can the, do. Will the brown start regenerating green? No. The further I, I mean, when I cut two foot off and it's got a foot of green on the outside. Yeah, no, that's will fine. The, will no the brown... Nope, no, not the brown inside the green that you have. No, it will not regenerate. Once it's gotten to the part where it's brown, it doesn't re-sprout. It doesn't have any dormant buds to do anything with, so it can't re-sprout. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> you don't sound so happy with that advice, James, but sometimes pruning the hydra- pruning the Leland Cypress starts the year after you plant them, honestly. If you'd pruned back then, 10 years ago, maybe you could have kept them in shape and size to let the grass grow, but now that it's... 30, you know, 30 feet high and 6 or 8 feet wide, you just have to deal with what you got. And pruning into the brown is not going to give you any green after that. So keep the green on there when you prune, and we'll see what it looks like. It's 728. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 7.36 on a Saturday morning, 65.9 degrees outside of the studios of News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, a Georgia gardener, here to help you be more successful doing your own gardening, telling you doing to do jobs that I probably wouldn't want to do myself. But it'll be a pleasant day. You've heard the weather a minute ago, 80 degrees, not much chance of rain, nice, cool, sunny afternoon. It will be just fine for gardening and listening to the Bulldogs on your radio here on the Home of the Dogs. It's time to make somebody happy. Let's give away the weekend prize back. Rachel Perry, we'll think of a number between two and seven. Between 2 and 7. All right, she's working on that to determine who wins a family four-pack of tickets to the Atlanta Gladiators opening weekend, October 20. So make sure you have your calendar clear for October 20th and 21st at Infinite Energy Arena. I think the four-pack would apply to either one of those days, if I'm not mistaken. Rachel, what number wins? That would be number 5. Caller number 5. Rachel is going to go five, four times in, and the fifth caller gets it. Here's the number, 404 741 0750 404 0750 Fifth caller wins. Walter needs a little <laughs> drink of water right now. Mm. Got a little enthusiastic about that. Let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Vin in Atlanta. Vin, you're on News Talk WSB. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, sir. Uh, we have a parsimon tree which uh, 
fruit sort of every alternate year or third year. Yeah. Uh, what, what can we do to make it work, uh, and when do we prune it? Is this what a is Native American persimmon about the size of a golf ball, or an Asian persimmon as big as the orange? Which big one? Big as the orange. Okay, the Asian persimmons. Um, they have fruit on them right now, probably, right? No, that's what. This is the year. Last year we had uh, about 200 fruits in there, and this year there's one. Wow. <laughs> so this is an they call them for technical words they call them alternate year bearing trees and they can be the oh. same phenomenon happens sometimes with apples sometimes with pecans sometimes with um, other fruit and nut trees and the way that you get around it is knowing which year is going to naturally in that tree's cycle be the good year be the fruiting year which is the last year for you uh -huh. and the next spring after a good year fertilize it more heavily than you might otherwise because that fertilizer will force it to put new leaves on. The new leaves are going to be there to produce the sugars that make a new fruit, make the flowers that make a new fruit. And so the summer and fall will have more fruit on it than they would otherwise. More than one, certainly, Van. Oh. You've got the one this year. So fertilizing in your off-year spring is what you do to get around that. I have never fertilized it. What fertilizer to use? Uh, let's see here. I'm thinking that it is really easy to find slow-release organic fertilizers, and they put their nutrients out at about the time the tree needs it. So I would use mm, Hollytone. Hollytone is a brand of fertilizer that's organic and slow-release. You can get Hollytone, uh, Pike sells EB Stone fruit and uh, nut fertilizer, so the EB Stone is good for the uh, persimmon tree from Pike, oh. and then you can get a product called Millorganite. Millorganite is a composted sewage sludge. But either of those three of Hollytone, EB Stone Fruit and Nut, or the Millorganite would do fine for the fertilization. You put it down in, ooh, for February or March, I'm thinking, next year, and that will be fine. Okay. That'll make the tree happy, and you'll have a good year next year. The next year is the on year where you get a lot of fruit on it. The year yeah. of the spring after that, though, <laughs> is the one to really emphasize more fertilizer. Okay, thank you so much. Appreciate your help, sir. Uh, good luck with the persimmons then, Ben. Thanks for calling. Bless you, brother. You bet. It is Ben's turn. Ben's out in Athens and joins us. Hey, Ben, morning. Hey, how are you doing this morning? Doing great, Ben. How can I help? Um, I was told by an old-timer uh -huh. that burning my lawn would help it grow back thicker, greener, softer, with mm. no weed. What is your opinion? He's never had a he's never had his house caught on fire by a burned lawn, has he? <laughs> uh, old timers have a lot of good advice, but occasionally there's a little clinker in there. This is a clinker. The yeah. process of burning a lawn, number one, does not add nitrogen or nutrients or potassium or anything like that. No matter what they say, it doesn't. It, there's just right. not enough in the leaves of the grass when it's burned to appreciably affect how much nutrient you have in the soil. It does not kill bugs. There are not that many bugs out there right now when the ground, when the grass is brown is when you do it. And there's just not many bugs in there anyway. Even the eggs and the pupa and the chrysalises and all those things are down in the soil. And the heat of the fire is not going to hurt them at all. So it doesn't really hurt the bugs in the, in the Bermuda lawn. Um, it does, to some extent, I guess, make it earlier to green up when you have a blackened lawn which is really ugly, by the way, Ben. But yeah. when you have a blackened lawn and the sun hits it in the spring, yeah, the Bermuda grass comes up about a week earlier than it would normally. The liability of catching the mulch around your house on fire or catching a cedar-sided shed or playroom or 
you know, carport, who knows what, but the liability of catching them on fire is great. And yeah. so I never recommend burning a lawn. Okay, I have one more question about monkey grass. Sure. <laughs> I'm wanting to do a border around my walkway. Okay. And I've planted, I've planted monkey grass about every 12 inches, 18 inches. Okay. How long will it take for that to connect? About a year. Okay. It's not terribly fast, but it will take about a year. I think at 12 inches, you got each one on either part of a gap is moving towards each other with the growth and within. And, you know, this is one thing where you could fertilize it to encourage the growth and make it grow a little faster. So the stuff that I mentioned earlier, or in this case, 10, 10, 10 probably would do just fine because it really zoomed, it really jolts the plant into action. And okay. so for that reason, 10, 10, 10, I don't know if I do much right now because it's fall, not much growth going on right now. But yeah. gosh, next uh, spring, then March, April of next year, a little sprinkling of 10, 10, 10 along the row there. By June, there'll be some growth. Yeah, it won't be, the gaps will not be nearly as big by June. All right. Well, thank you, sir. All right. You bet, Ben. Thanks for calling. Uh-huh. It's 42 minutes past the hour. It gives Joe his turn. Joe's at Marietta. Hey, Joe. Morning. Good morning, Walter. Hey, guy. I have uh, about 7,000 feet of fescue in the backyard, 30 years old, and Bermuda in the front. Yeah. And the Bermuda is winning. Mm. And uh, every year I try to aerate and overseed, but the Bermuda keeps on going in there. So my question is, I thought of everything, I looked at everything, including uh, zoysia, to try to go in the backyard, which gets a lot of sun. Um, And I thought that maybe the best way is let the Bermuda go ahead and win the battle. My question is about... 25 30 percent now of the fescue um should i uh maybe plug it um not now but maybe you could tell me whenever or mm. overseed it with with uh, bermuda how do how, what do i go do to go about uh, getting that uh, bermuda to, to now go ahead and have its way yeah and you're a smart guy because it is so much easier to work with nature than it is to work against nature and in that I full agree. sun backyard, the fescue is always going to be problematic in July, August of each year because it gets dry and hot, and fescue doesn't like that. Bermuda loves it in <laughs> the sunshine. Bermuda says, yeah, give me some more. And so you've got a, an environment that's good for Bermuda, bad for fescue. Anything you can do to make the environment a little bit worse for the fescue is good. So one thing to do is to mow it low. If you're mowing the Bermuda in the front at about an inch and a half to maybe two inches high, go back in the backyard. Keep it lowly mowed in the spring and summer, and that makes the Bermuda happy and makes the fescue really sad. Um, Go ahead. How can can I make it uh, uh, go ahead and take over completely now the other 70%? Uh, Plugs in the spring? Yeah, I think plugs is probably better for you to do that with seeding, because seeding is hard to do. They're little bitty seeds, and they have a hard time getting down into the soil and germinating when fescue is there, keeping it sort of off the soil surface. So you could try seed. I guess you could set the mower as low as it will possibly go, so you scalp the fescue, scalp the areas where you want to plant the Bermuda seed, and that way get the little seeds down in the cracks of the soil. But I think plugging, if you can do that, if you don't mind uh, digging and plugging, digging and plugging, if you don't mind doing that, that's probably the fastest and easiest. How about a um, a square of uh, Bermuda every other, pl- every other now and then, uh, you know, every five feet, ten feet, instead of plugging it? Mm, it'll look weird. <laughs> okay, it looked I like Bermuda it. plugged in the square Bermuda here and fescue in between. It looked weird. The plugs yeah. will blend in and grow towards each other pretty quickly. Bermuda. And when do I start plugging it? May? May, yeah, when it's warm. Okay. 
right. Good deal. Come look. All right. I hope it looks pretty. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for calling. 404-872-0750 gets you in to take the, take the place right there. In the next few minutes, at the next half hour, I should say, Sandy in Atlanta wants to know how her pine trees have brown patches in them. What is it in the pine trees that we can do something about? But I want to remind you that tomorrow is Sunday. What do I do on Sunday morning? I open the front door. I make sure nobody's looking. I might not have my pajamas on, so I reach out real carefully and pull in my Sunday edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and you should subscribe, too. They have all sorts of interesting information about what has happened in the news week beforehand. Lots of cartoons, lots of ads and inserts. Ads usually add up to hundreds of dollars of coupon savings, plus an update on the news of the week and of the month and of the day and of the nation and the world. All that in the Sunday edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Another thing you can do if you want to get some news is to subscribe to my my email newsletter on my website in the upper right hand corner it says subscribe to newsletter I put one out every two weeks every Thursday usually and it has pictures of things that I think have been sent in that I think are interesting that are fun to talk about and diagnose sometimes and say what I think it might be and theorize about it this past uh, past uh, issue last Thursday had camellias had these little grooves on the bark and the grooves on the bark are made by wasps and hornets who harvest the bark in order to make their nests so that's sort of a cool fun thing to know about so I described all that and then I have a another lady who sent in a picture of a hydrangea that was blue on one side of a bloom and pink on the other what is going on there I invite the readers of the email newsletter to let me let me know if you have a theory of what's going on with that half and half blue and pink hydrangea blue flower. That is something really interesting to see. Subscribe to the newsletter on my website, WalterReeves.com, upper right-hand corner. It's 747. We'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Greg, Greg Allman, where are you? Oh, man. The world is a poorer place without the Allman Brothers Band playing every Saturday morning. The 754 quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Temperatures today in the low 80s, 81, 82 degrees overnight, about the same as it is right now. It's now 65 degrees outside, and same tomorrow. Not much chance of rain either way. But highs in the day of the low 80s, let's call it, and then over the night in the mid 60s. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Sandy is here in Atlanta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Sandy, hey, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking the call. I have a tiny little follow-up lightning bug question if you have time. Oh, tell me, tell me. Well, my original question is, I have, looking out my window, and my pine trees have big brown places about two feet long and maybe a foot wide. And this year, it's three different pine trees I can see, and they're in three different places. You mean the needles are brown or the bark is brown? The needles are brown. Okay. And last year, I think the one I'm looking at right now, I think it had the same thing, but it was lower down on the tree. Hmm. And these three different trees have three different places. And the tree is taller than your house, big trees now? The one tree that I'm looking at is, they're all three not that old. The one is about four years old. Mm -hmm. So it's maybe as tall as two pickup trucks on top of each other. 
Sorry, I'm ahead. Okay. That's good. Um, but is that, I know there's a bug, a pine, pine beetle bug? Uh, yeah, there is, sure, certainly. And you're yeah. sure these are pines we're talking about. Some people call cypress trees pines. Some people call anything that's evergreen uh -huh. a pine. So let's make sure we know who we're talking about. These are pines, right? Beautiful Georgia pine okay. and the deer are very fond of them also. They're always mm -hmm. breaking off the branches on the bottom, rubbing on them. The only thing that I've seen that I can pretty well be sure I'm right is the drought damage from last year. It takes a while to show up on trees. It certainly showed up on oak trees this year, which didn't look all that great when spring came around. The rain in the summer certainly helped the oak trees. Pine trees, I'm sure, are affected by the same phenomena that when pine trees get dried out, they don't look very well for the next couple of years. So does some proportion of the tree still green, or is it most of it brown, or what, what's our... The rest of the tree is beautiful. Yeah. You know, my inclination, Sandy, is just to say leave it alone because it's very likely not a disease. If it's pine beetles, then you should see little pieces of popcorn, little white popcorn stuck to the bark where the beetles have gone in and out and the sap has come out there. So unless you see the popcorn, we're going to discount the beetles and say more possibility and likelihood of drought damage is my guess. And my lightning bugs, I used to have, I, I read somewhere that if you do not disturb logs, old rotting logs and yeah. stuff like that, that the lightning bugs, they grow larvae there or something. And uh -huh. so I did that underneath this big old tree I have, and I had the most beautiful lightning bugs this, this year. But now they've disappeared. Is it their time to disappear? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the life cycle of a lightning bug. They disappear after the middle to late end of the summer as the females have been mated by the males, and they lay their eggs in the ground. And then they get frozen over the wintertime. The eggs hatch out next year, and hopefully the preparation you've done with the logs and maybe in the grass in your lawn, too, will give you a lot of lightning bugs. But that's interesting. I have not seen lightning bugs in logs. But I sure see them in the lawn. Many times I see them in the lawn, both the male and the female, and up flying, of course, when you see them during the day, during the night, I mean. It's 7.58 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news. 